The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Luke chapter 8, verse number 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over into the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perished. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the water and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said, Where's your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What man of man is this? For he commandeth, even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Let's pray together. Our Father, we pray that you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Make me a blessing. Use me. You gave your all for me. Help me to leave it all on the platform tonight for you. Bind the devil, put a hedge of protection about this place that in no way he'd hinder work of the Holy Ghost of God. Speak to every heart. We're not here to hear a sermon from a briefcase. We need a word from the Lord. So please help us. Watch over my wife and my family while I'm gone. My church family, all of those that I love so dearly, in Northern Virginia, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. I wonder if I went downtown Pensacola or downtown to where you're from. Downtown near where I'm from in Washington, D.C., where a multitude of people gather, diverse from all parts of the world. I wonder if wherever you want to pick, we went and asked this question. I wonder what answer we'd get. What is a Christian? I wonder if we asked the secular colleges in this area or even the ones that would call themselves Christian colleges. You call yourself a Christian college. What is a Christian? I'm telling you, we'd get a Myriad of different answers. I've heard them. Some would say a Christian is a good person. Some would say a Christian is a religious person. Someone would say a Christian is someone who's born in a Christian home. Someone would say a Christian is a churchgoer. A Christian is a Bible reader. A Christian is a Bible studier. A Christian is a Bible carrier. A Christian is someone who's been baptized. A Christian is someone who speaks in tongues. A Christian is someone whose good outweighs his bad. A Christian is a moral person. A Christian is a generally good person. These are answers that people would say they think it, they mean it. They'd be sincere about it, but the problem is none of them line up with the book. See, in order to be a Christian, you got to be saved. Say amen if you're saved. 
You can't get saved by good works, for by grace are you saved through faith in it, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Scarcely for a righteous man, some would die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he's the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Speaking of God, God the Father has made him, speaking of Jesus the Son, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. We love him because he first loved us. The, the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us the denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We shall live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Listen to me. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who hath believed our report? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved he said i'm the way i'm the truth i'm the life no man comes unto the father but by me god's got a way that you can't go over god's got a way that you can't go under god's got a way that you can't go around you must come in at the door jesus is that door you ain't going to heaven because you're baptized because you're a member of a church because you speak in tongues because you're born in a christian home because you're religious or you attend a christian college you're going to heaven because you put your faith and trust in the shed blood of jesus christ you believe according to the scriptures he died he was buried and he rose again you repent of your sins you appropriate by faith the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you and you become a child of God. There are a lot of things I've done wrong for which I regret, but one thing I've done, I don't regret. When I was a four-year-old boy, I bowed my head. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I was saved then. I'm saved now. I ain't saved because I kept myself saved. I'm saved because he keeps me saved. I didn't become his child because of what I did. I became his child because of what Jesus did. I've been born again of corrupt, of, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Some of you are saying you talk too fast and you spit while you're doing it. Well, let me say it nice and slow. I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. You get saved through Jesus Christ. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of the Christian life. It all starts with salvation. Are you listening to me, to me tonight? It starts with salvation, but that's not the totality of being a Christian. See, after you become saved by the grace of God, you enter the Christian life, and then that Christian life is a life where you decide where even, wherever Jesus goes, I'm going. If it's on the mountaintop, I'm going. If it's down in the valley, I'm going. In the good days, I'm with him. In the bad days, I'm with him. If people love me, I'm with him. If people hate me, I'm with him. A Christian is not about being moral or being religious. A Christian is about following Jesus Christ. And yet people wear bumper stickers. They get it tattooed on their body. 
They put it on a bracelet. They label themselves on social media. Many of them have no clue what a real Christian is. Where the disciples are going to learn here in Luke chapter 8, get ready. They're going to take a crash course on real Christianity. And tonight we're going to run that test on you. Are you a real Christian? I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian college. I'm not asking you if you were born in a Christian home. I'm not asking you if you attend a church full of Christians. I'm asking you tonight from the floor all the way to the balcony. Are you a real Christian? Have you decided to stick with Jesus wherever he goes, to follow him wherever he goes? See, we're living in a world that's going this direction and that direction. The paradigms are shifting and the fads and the trends and the status quo are changing all the time. And Relativism and what we think is right is based on what we feel and everybody's got an opinion on something. But I'm here to tell you, you'll never make it if you're following every single person. But when you get in line and follow Jesus who never changes, you'll always get it right when you follow Jesus because he's right all the time. Sticking with Jesus. Follow me through the progression of this story. Let's find out. If you can see the Christian life unfolding in this story, because if you were there where the disciples were, you would learn that this fancy made-up thing we call the Christian life that the world seems to manufacture on its own is not what Christianity is at all. Notice, first of all, the Savior's call, would you? The Savior's call. Is this mine? Austin? You didn't touch it? You sure? Well, why is it so low? <laughs> is this a game? It's not a joke? This is a beautiful pulpit, but I ain't trying to die on this pulpit, okay? <laughs> the Savior's call. Verse number 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Now Jesus had been telling parables beside the Sea of Galilee. My 17-year-old son just came back on Sunday from Israel. 11th grade, they took him to Israel on a school trip. Why did we go to Atlanta? <laughs> These kids don't realize how good they have it. They were just floating in the water last week. Amazed. It's like you can't even sink in that water. Here's Jesus beside the Sea of Galilee doing something that nobody else did, telling parables. You say, oh, come on, pastor. Surely there were a bunch of people telling stories. No, no, no. I said, he was telling parables. He was giving, if you would, an earthly story that had a heavenly meaning. Nobody was telling parables because nobody else on earth had been to heaven. So there was only one person that could tell a parable on earth, and that was the only person who was on earth who had been to heaven. He could take heaven and bring it down to earth where people could understand it. So when Jesus told a parable, everybody listened. Wow. I mean, he, you could have been way up there in the highest seat, but Jesus was telling a parable and they were eating out of his hands. Their eyes were open and their jaws were dropped. Never had they heard a man talk like this. The crowd surrounding him, listening to his every word, eating up every detail of the story. And then after doing that all day long, he says, 
Let us go over to the other side of the room. It seems like just a statement that doesn't mean much. I mean, let's just go hang out for a while. Let's just ride. Let's just break away and go sightseeing. No, 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 no. He was extending a call. It wasn't a casual statement. Listen to me. There's no such thing as a casual statement if it comes from Jesus. Everything he said was a big deal. Let us go over. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Notice as he extended the Savior's call, it came from the master, not from their parents, not from their friends, not from their peers, not from the government, not from their boss. It came from the master. Notice it went to the minority. He'd been teaching multitudes, crowds gathering around him. But when he said, let us go over to the other side of the lake, he was honing in on that 12, those 12 disciples, that group of men that was serious about following him. So the call came from the master. It came to the minority, but it came for movement. He said, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. Let me say it again. Let us go over. This is Jesus from the master. He's saying to the minority, hey, 12 of you, you can't stay with the majority. You can't stay with the crowd. You can't do what everybody else is doing. If you're serious about being a real Christian, you've got to leave some of the people that are sitting beside you and you've got to follow me. And then it's for movement. We got to go somewhere. And I'm saying to you tonight, on the first few days of the spring semester, some of you are just arriving here. You're just coming to Pensacola Christian College. Some of you are coming off of a tough semester last semester. Some of you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, you're walking your class schedule because you have no idea how you're going to make it in between classes on this big campus in that little bit of time. So you're trying it out. But I'm here to tell you, in the midst of all the hustle and bustle, don't miss the main voice that's talking to you right now. It's not coming from your parents. It's not your professors. It's not your teachers. It's not Dr. Shoemaker. It's not Dr. Lance. It's not Dr. Atkins. You're not on the campus of Pensacola Christian College to hear my voice or the chapel speaker's voice. No, it's the voice of Jesus Christ saying to you, you, my friend, leave the minority. You can't be a good Christian if you're waiting for your peers to get right. You're waiting for your classmates to get right. You'll do right. Right. If your roommate does, you'll do right. If your boyfriend does, you'll do right. If your girlfriend does, you'll do right. If your classmates, you'll do right. If you're no, 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 no. If you're gonna be a real Christian, when you hear the master's voice, you've got to be the minority. Get up when nobody does. Do it when no one does it. Say it when no one will say it. Live it when no one will live it. And if you're following Jesus, it's for movement. He's going somewhere. Going somewhere in your prayer life. Going somewhere in your witnessing. Going somewhere in your Bible reading. Going somewhere in your love. Going somewhere somewhere in your gratitude, going somewhere in your praise, going somewhere in your, in your worship, going somewhere in your Christian life. Forget this stagnant, stale Christianity. Somebody's got to realize if I'm going to stick with Jesus, I better hear the call. Don't tell me you're a real Christian. You're not going anywhere. How long have you been stuck in that rut? Please hear Jesus. You say, I don't have the best seat in the house. I, I wish I was down closer or, or, or maybe there, there's a lot in my life right now that I wish was different. Listen to me. That doesn't mean you can't hear his voice. My prayer to God tonight is that although I'm sitting in this chair and I'm mic'd up and I've got my Bible and I'm the chosen speaker for the next couple of days, my prayer is that when I leave the campus in a couple of days, that students from all over will say, he was preaching, he made us laugh, he was sitting in the chair, he was the chosen speaker, but when he spoke this week, it wasn't his voice 
I heard, it was Jesus' voice. The Savior's call. Number two, the servant's commitment. Look at verse 22. And they launched forth. Read those words with me. Say it with me now. And they launched forth. Say it with me in the balcony. Say it now. And this is deep. Watch this now. He said, let's go over to the other side. Watch this now. And they went. See, see, that's real Christianity. You know why it sounds so weird? Because it's hard to find people that will do it just because Jesus said so. I know this is probably not the best example, but the, the thing that comes to my mind most quickly when I say because I said so is my mama. Yeah. You ain't never got beat till you get beat by a black woman. <laughs> Some of you say, I don't believe you. That's because you've never gotten beat by a black woman. See, they're crazy. <laughs> See, they'll, they'll kill you dead. Not just kill you, kill you dead. See, because black women, they don't just beat you, they rap to you. And they do it on beat. My mama never took rapping lessons. She, she never cut a record because she would have had to take me in there and spank me in order to get the record out and wasn't nobody trying to do it. But I'm telling you, when she raised that belt up and my mama beat me with a belt, she'd send me to get the belt. Well, that's encouraging. Go to your, <laughs> go to your daddy's closet and bring that, and I'd bring the belt back there and then she'd wrap it around her hand and then she'd get me set up. We'll not talk about that, but suffice it to say there, there were no buffers between the belt and me. All right, so, so she's got this belt and she raises it all the way up. I said, why in the world is she raising it all the way up in the air? I learned later in life she was raising it up to God and he was blowing it down. And so, so she, she'd take that belt, she'd raise it up. And if I jumped off the bed, the licks would double. We called them licks. I don't know why we called them licks. But anyway, and if she started at five and I jumped, five went to 10. If I jumped again, 10 went to 20. If I jumped again, 20 went to 40. If I jumped again, 40 went to 80. If I jumped again, 80 went to 160. If I jumped again, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Finally, I decided I must stay down on this bed. If I don't, she's going to kill me. If she kills me, she's going to jail. If she goes to jail, daddy doesn't even know how to match his own clothes. <laughs> Outside, stay down. And here she goes. I told you not to do it, but you did, bad boy, bad boy. What you gonna do when I'm done beating you, bad boy, bad boy? What you gonna do? What you gonna? Some of you are going. What is that? Child abuse. It was legal back then. <laughs> Kids turned out better. Now you look at them and they call the cops and you go to jail. What's the crime? My mama looked at me funny. Let me tell you something. <laughs> My mama said, I'll call them for you. <laughs> she said, I'll kill you and turn myself in. <laughs> You didn't ask mom why. You know what she said? Because I said so. You know what? She said, I'm your mama. I brought you into this world. I'll. Oh, okay. So 
So white mama say that too. <laughs> all right. We can all have a, have a little support group tonight. Let us go over. Could I ask a question? Does Jesus mean enough to you to board the ship because he said so? I noticed a couple of things, Dr. Atkins, about this commitment. There were no details given. Like, how long is the boat ride? Uh, what kind of seats do you have on the boat? Are you serving more than peanuts and a soda on the boat? Uh, will there be any entertainment on the boat? What is the weather forecast for the boat ride? What are we going to do when we get to the other side? I mean, what exactly are you? No, 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 no. Let us go over. Listen to me. If you get on the boat for anything but Jesus, you're not liable to stay. Why'd you come to PCC? Why'd you surrender to preach? Why are you reading your Bible? Why are you praying? Why are you listening to me tonight? Why are you trying to live the Christian life? Listen to me. It ought to be I have decided to follow Jesus because he's on the boat. Who cares who else is on the boat? Who cares what we're doing on the boat? Who cares about the snacks on the boat? Who cares about the forecast that's on the boat? I'm getting on the boat for one reason because Jesus is on the boat. Ladies and gentlemen, learn to serve Jesus for Jesus, not for the perks, not for the girls, not for the fun, not for the fame, not for the fortune, not for the anonymity. No, learn to serve Jesus because Jesus is on the boat because if you're serving because of Jesus, you're going to always serve because Jesus ain't going nowhere. Servants commitment. No decisions but to go. Number three, the stormy crisis. The stormy crisis. I wish this part never happened. Like, watch this now. But as they sailed, verse 23, what does it say? He fell asleep. Dr. Lambs, this troubled me. Troubled me so much that I, I launched into deep study on this point. I staggered at the fact that Jesus fell asleep. What do you mean? What is Jesus doing falling asleep? So I went studying and I went looking at commentaries and I went looking at the Greek and exegeting the passage and diving into all of the possible explanations on why Jesus went to sleep. And after much study, rigor, intuition, I discovered he went to sleep because he was tired. <clears throat> why do you go to sleep? Turn to the person beside you that's sleep and ask him, why are you asleep? No, I'm just kidding. He's tired. But you know, right now it looks like a setup. You invite us on the boat. Okay, you invite us. Come on, let's go over to the other side of the ship. Oh, yes, Jesus, you said so. We're on the boat. And then here comes a storm and you go to sleep. This is a setup. Have you ever felt like serving God set you up? Jeremiah did. I'm done. Every time I say your name, they do something bad to me. They lock me up. They throw me in prison. They mock me. They put me in derision. I'm done. Speaking about you, God, is messing up my image. And some of you are going to run into this crisis this semester. Something's going to go wrong. You're going to get a call from back home that a family member has passed away. Your parents are going to split up. You're going to come here because you believe you're in the center of God's will. And financially, you're going to be wondering how you can pay your bill. You're going to go through a tough time. 
You're going to break up with someone that you thought you were going to marry. You're going to find something that you struggle with in class. And you're going to go through these tough situations. And you're going to go, this can't be right. I got on this boat because Jesus said, get on the boat. How can I be obeying Jesus in the midst of the storm? Newsflash, real Christians face storms. A couple weeks after I left here in 2020, I got up, I drove up to Philadelphia, I preached. I got my car with my wife and daughters, I drove back home, I preached. I got in the car the next day, I drove with my family in North Carolina, I preached. The next day, I preached again. The next day, I drove back home. I got up the next morning, I preached at my church. The governor got on the news and said, there's a virus going around. We're canceling all gatherings of over 100. I looked at my family and said, this thing will blow by in a couple of days and we'll be right back to church. And three days later, I staggered into a hospital with a 105 degree temperature. They said to my wife, you better leave. They marked the door and the doctor says, I don't know if you're going to get better. And I I looked at God and said, I'm not partying. I'm not drinking. I'm not in some gang. I'm serving you. What am I doing here? If you're not careful, you will instinctively associate obedience with Christ with no problems. Stop. Tell that to the 23-year-old, my 23-year-old girl in our church who's Battling stage three could be stage four cancer. Tell it to the family members that I know who just lost a loved one. The crisis struck the obedient ones, the ones that got on the boat are the ones that going to the storm. The ones that did and aren't facing the storm, the storm struck the obedient ones. The storm was seen by others. Meanwhile, on the seashore, those that didn't get on the boat are watching, I guarantee you. I want you to picture perhaps the scene on the seashore with those that didn't get on the boat. Mm-hmm. Look at them. I'm glad I didn't get on that boat. Look at Peter, James and John, the sons of thunder. Well, you got it now. <laughs> All Andrew's talking about is Jesus this, Jesus that, Jesus this, Jesus that. Well, look at there, Andrew. Jesus is all this and that. How you like it now? You're in the storm. Listen to me. You're going to go in the storm and everybody that didn't board the boat is going to tell you, "Uh uh-huh, I'm glad I didn't get on that boat because I wouldn't be in that storm. And I'd like to tell you I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than on the side of the seashore without him and no storm. Seemingly overwhelming. They were in jeopardy. This was no little storm. This was a major. They thought they were going to die. Number four. The Savior's call, the servant's commitment, the stormy crisis. Notice the sovereign comfort. (laughs) They're in a crisis. Some of you right now are going through something you can't explain. You cannot rationalize Christianity with all of the crises that you're facing right now. I want to tell you, don't jump off the boat. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up on your commitments. Don't change the promises that you made to God. In the midst of your crisis, if you obeyed God, you are in the center of God's will because with the crisis will come comfort. Listen to me, the same Jesus that went to sleep. Watch now. He's going to wake up. Some spiritual person is looking into the Bible right now and going, (laughs) 
Those disciples look at them, scaredy cats. Why in the world should they have to wake Jesus up if I were on the boat and Jesus was asleep and I went through a storm? I'd let my Savior sleep. I'd call on the name of God like he taught me. I don't need to wake him up. I learned what he told me. And I would let him sleep and I'd say, God, take this storm away. Will you go ahead with your bad self? I'm waking him up. <laughs> Nothing wrong with waking him up. What's wrong is what they said when they did. Listen, listen. Master, master. Nothing wrong with that. Watch this. We perish. Watch this. Here's 2023 vernacular. We going down. Now let's, let's talk serious tonight. Come on. Every single one of you stay with me. You're going to have a time in your Christian life where in the middle of what you call obedience feels like you're going down. You can't take it. Some of you are struggling with, with mental health, with anxiety, with depression. Some of you are battling suicide thoughts. You're not talking about it. You don't communicate it. Nobody watching you on the campus would know you're facing it, but you know in your heart of hearts, in the middle of your mind, you are facing something and every voice in your mind says you're going down. You are going to have to face those lies with truth. What's the truth? The truth is you've got his presence. If you're saying the words, master, master, then that means he must be there. Somebody say amen. He will never leave you or forsake you. When you feel like you're going down, remember Jesus is on the boat. Don't forget his presence. Wait, wait a minute. Don't forget his promise. Do you remember he said when you boarded the ship, let us go over to the other side of the lake, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. I'm persuaded of neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Faithful is he who called you who also will do it. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. If God be for us, who can be against us? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. My God shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. He said, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil for, for he is with us. This I know God is for me. What time I am afraid I will trust in thee. The Lord God is Jehovah. I will trust and not be afraid. When the devil lies, when your flesh lies, when your world lies, you got to look at Jesus and say, I'm staying on the boat because when I boarded, you told me destination is the other side. And then his power. <laughs> For some of you, if your first class is eight o'clock tomorrow, you better wake up at six because it takes you two hours to get your mind together. Not Jesus. He woke up, and the moment he woke up, he was ready. Why I love to see this. I don't read the Bible because it's boring. You call this boring? Peace be still. I don't read the Bible because it's boring. Are you kidding me? A talking donkey. <laughs> I love to watch him calm the storm. Peace. Where's your storm tonight? 
You're facing something that you feel like you can't get out of. Listen to me. Jesus has power over the storm, his authority over creation, the amazement of his children. And when he calmed those raging waters and told that wind and water to cease, they looked at each other and said, what manner of man is this? If they were in 2023, they'd be saying, who does that? Who does that? Hang with him a little while. I said, hang with him a little while. Some of you had the pea-sized perspective of Jesus because you've never been on the boat with him. Hang with him a little while. Get on the boat with him. Go through a storm. Face a crisis. Face the death of a loved one. Go through a difficult trial. Have a financial crisis where you think your tuition can't get paid. Hang with him a little while. He's going to do some things in your life that after he finishes, you're going to look around and go, who does this? Who does this? Sovereign. Let me close with this. The subsequent conclusion and I'm done. They got to the other side. If you believe that, would you say amen? (laughs) And they got to the other side, probably looking like this. If they had glasses, they'd probably do. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I, I mean, look, I'm not trying to over-exaggerate scripture, but I'm just thinking they're getting off the boat and they're talking to each other like, "Are you serious?" Peter looking at Andrew, saying, "Man," like he just got up and said, "Be quiet," and the wind was quiet. And Andrew goes, "Yeah, I thought it was a dream." James is looking at John and he's going, bro, (laughs) did you see that? We've been fishing for a long time. We've seen a lot of storms. I ain't never seen somebody tell the storm to be quiet and it was quiet. Thomas goes, look, y'all, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe nothing, but that even got me. And they're still trying to figure out how did that just happen on the boat? And they're talking amongst each other. Who does this? This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this in my life. He told the wind and the water to be quiet and they obeyed him. And while they're trying to figure out how in the world he did this, they hear some sound in the distance. And here comes a naked man coming out of the cemetery. He's got chains on his arm, but the chains aren't connected to anything. And the people in the towns are going, he's crazy. He's crazy. And a few ladies, a few teenage girls say, he cray cray, he cray cray. And and mama goes, I don't even know whose child that is. Here comes this crazy man naked running around. He's foaming at the mouth. He's a minister society. And that man that just calmed the raging storm and told the wind to be quiet looks at that fella and calms him down, casts the demons out of him. And the next thing you know, that same crazy fella, he's got his clothes on. He's sitting down. He's in his right mind. Right about now, Nathaniel says, hold up, hold up, hold up. I mean, the boat ride was something. Are you telling me you just took that crazy man and calmed? Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. And all the disciples are going, okay, okay, okay. Are we losing our minds? We got off the boat. He calmed the sea. Now he not only has power over the deep, he's got power over devils. And they're all gathered around saying, who does this? Who casts demons out of a man and calms down a crazy man? And while they're trying to figure all of that out, all of a sudden a woman that has an issue of blood for 12 years comes pushing her way, crawling through a crowd, touches the bottom of Jesus' clothes and gets up hopping, 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 testifying. I had an issue of blood. 12 years. I've been to every doctor. I've spent every dollar and I'm getting worse. But just a few moments ago, I touched the bottom of his clothes and all of a sudden the blood was dried up. I'm healed of that plague. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah. And they're going power over the deep. Wow. Power over demons. Oh, yeah. Power over diseases. Shazam. And it gets better than that. He follows a man named Jairus to his house, takes Peter, James, and John with him. The girl's laying down dead. People are screaming, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead. Jesus says she's not dead, she's sleeping. Talitha Kumai, damsel, I'll see her rise. She sits up and says, I'll take an eight-pack with Polynesian sauce. Let me tell you something. They said, give her something to eat. I'm done. On the boat, they saw power over the deep. On the other side, they saw power over demons, power over diseases, and power over death. Please listen. If they didn't get on the boat, they saw nothing. Why in the world do we have opening communication? We're trying to beg some students to board at the beginning of this semester. Because if you don't ride with him, you'll never get to see him do what he does. And I meet people all the time. Why are you so loud? Why are you so excited? Why are you crying? Why you get so pumped up about Jesus? Because I've been on the boat and watched him at work. And if you'd board the ship, you'd see him too, and you'd be excited with me. Hey, hey, all aboard. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to Pensacola Christian College. You better have more than that. You better be able to hear the Savior's call. You better respond with servants committed. Get ready for stormy crisis. But be of good cheer because there's going to be sovereign comfort. And my when you get to the other side, you'll be so glad you got on the boat. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.